The final podcast in our eliminated playoff team series. Well, I guess the Rams were never eliminated. The Bengals were. What is the outlook for the 2022 offseason for the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams? The Rams losing assistant Kevin O'Connell, new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings officially now. And the Bengals re-up their head coach, Zach Taylor. All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. There is a couple of Twitter questions that we uh, had overflow, which we usually do every week on our Twitter Tuesday podcast to bring up today and a little bit of coaching news that coincides with today's episode looking ahead to the offseason in 2022 for the Super Bowl participants. The last two teams left that we haven't talked about here from uh, teams that were in the playoffs Off-season outlook in 2022 for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. And let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals, because technically, Matt, the Bengals were eliminated first from contention uh, before the Rams were, because they were the winners of the whole thing in the 2021 season. So let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals and the news for the Bengals coinciding. Perfect timing with this news today. And Zach Taylor, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, has been extended through the year 2026. And look, there were people that maybe thought Zach Taylor should be fired going into this year, and he ends up in the Super Bowl. And I know there's a lot of reasons besides head coaching why the Bengals were there. But you go to a Super Bowl, you get extended. Those are the rules, right? Yeah, I think those are the rules. You know, that I haven't said a ton of great things about Zach Taylor, but I think he has learned from some of his early mistakes. You know, I mean, the first couple of years were really rocky in Cincinnati and they basically won like two games a year for a while there and were on a somewhat historic losing pace early on. Um, and not to be coarse, but I I really think Burrow is, I'm not in the building, but Burrow changing the culture and bringing the winning uh, skills to the team it probably is at least as important as Taylor's contributions, but that's just my educated guess. But you go to the Super Bowl, you extend your guy. I mean, it, in a way, it's sort of a recruiting tool. You know, you you show the the other free agents out there, and we'll get to the you know what the Cincinnati Bengals should do in free agency. That we have a guy we trust, backing him financially, it sends the right message to the team and those outside the organization. Absolutely. So head coach in place, quarterback in place. There's a lot of good going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. They have the third most cap space going into the 2022 offseason. They are picking 31, which is, uh, I mean, picking in the 30s for the Bengals. This is uncharted territory right now. Uh, They're picking 31st in round one. They've got 63 in round two. They've got their third round pick at 95. So they're picking late all the way through the draft, and they have all of their original picks as well, plus an extra seventh round pick. And we'll see if they end up with some comp picks as well, Matt. And looking at the Bengals offseason, let's just start going through some free agents because there's a reason they have a whole bunch of cap space. One is because they've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, uh, but another 
is because they have a ton of free agents they have to sign. So they've got to do some work before the draft, before free agency officially begins, and hopefully bring a lot of these players back. And usually what happens with Super Bowl teams, whether you're the winning team or the losing team, you have this sense of, oh, we're good. we got to bring everybody back because we got to get back here again and next year win it. So uh, I think they're going to do a lot of work before free agency even starts and probably try to get some deals done and not even let some free agents hit the open market and get bid on by other teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Um, their list of free agents, though, I'm not sure that many of them are indispensable. You know, that, hey, we do have all this cap space. Should we let Riley Reef test the market and go get somebody better? You know, I mean, some of these spots, and we can go over the top free agents. Where where I think it differs, first of all, I think the first order of, of, of business for the Bengals is Jesse Bates. I mean, he's a really underrated maybe he's not underrated anymore because people start to realize how good he is i think he's good enough to franchise i mean especially because safety franchise money also isn't crazy but you can't let him leave the building i mean you're either working out a long-term deal with him which again is a good sign of faith you know to the other people that are becoming up in free agency that we we reward our own and give them good deals or at a minimum you franchise them and try that again a year from now the other names that kind of stand out to me, B.J. Hills, a player I like, defensive lineman. Riley Reef, I mentioned. Quinton Spain are both starters on the O-line, but we saw how that went. Um, obviously, the O-line suffered a lot when Reef got hurt. You know, he, he, he wasn't bad. He's an adequate right tackle. Uh, C.J. Azoma's up. Eli Apple. Darius Phillips is another name. Somewhat of, you know, uh, makes some sense. And I think they're also going to to cut another corner, Trey Waynes, which saves almost an eleven million. So not only are they you know very high in terms of what they can spend, they can open up another ten or eleven by cutting Waynes. So then you know I think the needs are O line, O line, O line. You know, and I've been saying that for months now. And I also think if you're going to move on from Apple and Waynes. Another long outside corner would make sense as well. And, you know, so they have the resources to do that and more, though. Eli Apple also just maybe some extra headaches after the Super Bowl, like just talking trash and, and getting crushed by multiple other players in the league. And, yeah, what uh, is that all about? It's really weird to like, like. I understand the the confidence, and a lot of times there's false confidence for certain players in the NFL, and as a cornerback, you have to have that short memory and that confidence, but Eli Apple, does he see, like, 1994 Deion Sanders when he looks in the mirror? Because that's that's the way he talks, like, that he's got that sort of shutdown ability. It's kind of funny, and um, I, I would not disagree that after offensive line, cornerback is probably the first place the Bengals want to go. Yeah, and I would look for a taller, longer type, and that's usually been their MO as well. I mean, with the exception of like Hilton and the slot guys. And that could even come in first round. I mean, I really think it's best offensive lineman available at 31, maybe a guy like Zion Johnson from Boston College, something along those lines. But if their top two picks were O line and corner, I'd be certainly cool with that, especially if they landed another offensive lineman or two in free agency. I really think Jonah Williams should be the only lineman that's pretty much guaranteed a starting spot and maybe not even guaranteed the left tackle spot, but he's going to start somewhere. And I would make that the jumping off point. Um, I did hear a couple rumors that uh, Laramie Tunsil could be on the move, which would make a lot of sense. You know, Houston 
needs picks and cap space and they're not winning anything soon. Could you make a move like that if you're Cincy? You know, put him at left tackle, move Williams to the right, draft the guard. All of a sudden, that's not so shabby. Right. That starts to make a lot of sense, and you have to put these things in place. And maybe you let Riley Reef get to the open market just to see what he's going to make. He finished the year. He was on IR. But it was clear, like, you want to at least have a base level of that. So you don't want to potentially get worse. And even with rookies, that's why I think free agency is key for the Bengals or maybe even the trade market because you want to be solid at the offensive line. You don't want to go into the right, draft right. thinking, oh, man, we have to draft a starter, and this rookie better be good because we're going to have another traffic cone up front in front of Joe Burrow who was sacked 70 times last year. The knee injuries, another <laughs> knee injury in the Super Bowl, it just can't happen. So you've got to spend, you've got to get it done before the draft, in my opinion. You can draft and develop some guys too, but if you don't feel good about five offensive line spots before the draft even starts, then I think you're doing it wrong if you're the Bengals right now. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, at least four, but I'm with you on five. I mean, does that mean signing Teron Armstead? You know, I mean, he's a, probably the the tackle that people are after most. I'm just scanning a, a quick free agent list here. I mean, I like the idea of trading for Tunsil. Maybe a Brandon Scherf would, you know, just be a plug-and-play guard, and you might have to spend a little too much on those guys. But I think it's worth it. I mean, the, the whole key here is you can't let – Burrow take the the damage that he's been inflicted upon. Absolutely, yeah, and, and it's worth every cent you spend if you do go get Teron Armstead or you know mm-hmm. whatever the best options you can. You should start there and only cross them off once you can't get your first option, and then you know and, then you and, call and, Riley Reef. And at, at worst, you have to have you have to have Riley Reef or better at right tackle, essentially. Right, good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. Right, yep. And then draft on top of that as well. Jesse oh, Bates, yeah. Yeah, Jesse yeah. Bates, I, mean, I totally a agree. Guard in the first round, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, and I don't want to make it as simple as that. There's more to it. You, you want to always add talent. You want to add best players available in the NFL draft, and, and that's sort of part of that too. Is you don't want to get hamstrung into drafting a player who's not even the best on your board, and you draft an offensive lineman because you have to. Now you get the, a worse offensive line, and you miss out on the player maybe you could have that could have helped you out in another position because you always still need pass rushers. You always need cover guys. And you got to draft those types of players usually pretty high. And there might be some good value at those two positions at 31 for the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, a, a another linebacker that can really run it's sitting there at 31 if your O-line's in decent shape. Oh, okay. You know, or what if your favorite tight end on the board is there at 31? You know, I mean, ideally, I, I'm a big fan of GMs that set their team up, and it's easier to do when you're a decent team, that you can field a really good football team but right before the draft opens, you know, and everything you add in the draft is a bonus prize as opposed to we don't have a right guard at all and I have to draft one even though I have the 50th overall Mm -hmm. grade on this guy I'm taking with 31. Like, that's bad business. No, it's terrible business. That's not the way you want to do things. So it's as simple as – Go get a bunch of offensive linemen. Get the best offensive yeah. linemen you can. Protect your young superstar quarterback. That is huge. That is in, very important for this football team. Jesse Bates. So basically, and they've already started. The, they've started the domino effect, right? Today they re-upped their head coach. Tomorrow yep. you go extend Jesse Bates before he f- hits free agency. It's a safety. You can afford it. You're done. And then your offensive line shopping. Yep. And maybe you're even calling the Texans about a tonsil or. Yes. A- you know, a name like that. I, I don't know how many offensive t- lineman types are on the free agent market or on the trade market, but there'll be a few. Yeah, and it's rare that a team wants to 
allow a good offensive lineman to go unless they're forced to like the saints might be with tron armstead and can't afford him or you know the texans are in an interesting situation with tunsil but those names should absolutely be explored by the Bengals. absolutely yeah i mean and i think we're both in agreement the Bengals are going to be better they're just in the super bowl they're going to be better next year than they were this year i 100 percent agree there's a lot of teams i'm looking at right now where i think the opposite is true it would shock me if i don't like the Bengals' opening day roster a lot more then than I do what it looks like that we just saw on Sunday. CJ Uzama, another name that's a free agent, by the way, who's I think pretty important. Quentin Spain, yeah. offensive lineman. I don't know how much he's going to cost, but again, you, you don't want to be getting worse on the offensive line if you are the Bengals. So at some point, if you have a starting caliber player, you want to keep those guys around. BJ Hill on the defensive line. I like BJ Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eli but Apple. I don't think they'll be super expensive, Uzama or Hill. Those are the two I'd prioritize of that group. Right, yeah, and Ozama, I think, is sort of a heart and soul type of player. He feels like he's pretty important Mm -hmm. to that team, so yeah. And he shouldn't cost a ton for a starting tight end, and tight end money's not big, and he's not going to get top-of-the-market money or anything like that. Neither is B.J. Hill, um, you know, and the other starter that's a a free agent, aside from the special teams, because they've got a... uh, a long snapper and yeah, a holder, okay. you know, punter that are yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- that are due. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi on IR, also free agent. So they've got. Oh, some I forgot names. about him. Yeah, they got some names and got some work to do, and you don't want to be taking steps back. So I, I imagine they'll be able to do some sort of team friendly deals for most of those players because I don't think those are going to be the hottest names on the market. But the guy that walks, Eli Apple, feels like the most likely to walk there to me. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, it, and again, I think they will cut Trey Wayne's. So. You better find a corner. You know, I mean, I think that is a need that people aren't talking about here. Everyone's just stressing the O line, and I mean, I, I kind of overlooked Oban Joby, but I wouldn't be real comfortable if I lost Hill and Ogan Joby. No, you can't do that yeah, either. Right, right. But right, they've right, got right. a lot of money to spend too, so they they can do all those things. It shouldn't be. Too There's much a lot of housekeeping problem. that's pretty easy to. The more I think about it, up. yeah. The more I think about it, spend that money up front, offensive line, defensive line, and. 31 pick 31 in the draft there's your corner i like that that could be i mean there looks like there's a lot of guys in that neighborhood that's a pretty corner friendly area of the draft that maybe he's not a plug and play starter because they don't usually come at 31 but there'll be someone with traits let's talk los angeles rams off season what do you get a team that has everything well you you hope that they don't all retire on you. I think that's one of the things. Uh, <laughs> right, and some coaching yeah. news as well that affects the Los Angeles Rams. And a few more of your Twitter questions next. Football might be over this season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. And of course, the tournament, there is nothing more fun than wagering on than that NCAA college basketball tournament from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land to nfl draft props you can still bet on football super bowl futures absolutely at betonline.net which is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs and hey maybe we'll even get a baseball season to bet on this year bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores and even news this season not just basketball not just football hockey boxing ufc odds right to your favorite casino games as well so head over to the website or mobile device and learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts 
congratulations officially to Kevin O'Connell, who is now the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He leaves the Rams organization, and there could be some exodus here. I don't want to call it a mass exodus necessarily from the Super Bowl champion Rams, but they went all in. It was pretty important that the Rams won the Super Bowl this season, Matt, because uh, we talked about how the Bengals are in a good path for a long time to continue to get better slowly. The Rams could get worse slowly or even worse quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, we we finished last segment by saying we think the Bengals roster will look better than the one they dressed in the Super Bowl. I doubt that's the case for the Rams. You know, I mean, it, it there's almost nowhere to go but down. But I don't think this is a crash and burn situation. By no means are they going to blow it up. You know, I mean, like none of those things are in play. I mean, they're they're still in it to win it. A um, couple things, you know, they they lost O'Connell. What if you lose Donald and your head coach? Right. You well, know, I mean, that's where you crash and burn. Like they're not going back to the like, Super oh, Bowl no. if there's no Aaron Donald. Period. And uh, if there's no Aaron Donald and there's no Sean McVay, that might be trouble. And if Sean McVay was thinking about retiring, don't you think Kevin O'Connell would have stuck around and they would all kind of know this? So that's why I, that's I a little bit on the BS meter. I think that might be about seeing how much Zach Taylor just got re-upped for, seeing how much maybe the highest coaches in the NFL are being paid, and and that's where McVay's going with this weird little sneaky rumor about him going to the booth. I don't see a John Maddenish career yet for for Sean McVay, right? Right. And even Donald, I mean, I know he's done it all, but I mean, that's like Jim Brown retiring or Barry Sanders retiring. I mean, you're one of the best players in the league and hanging it up then. I would think you guys look at each other and say, "Let's give it one more shot." You know, we got enough here, which brings me to Von Miller and Odell Beckham in particular. Those guys have made a lot of money in their life. Uh, are they at the point where I'll take 80 cents on the dollar to return and give this thing a shot, especially with Odell's injury? I wonder. I think they might. So, yeah, so big names. Odell Beckham coming off an injury. What does what the market look for look like for a 30-year-old wide receiver right. who's had big some – Big personality. Yeah, big personality I think is a good way to put it. Some people think it's overblown, and some people think he's been a cancer for some locker rooms he's been mm-hmm. in. Uh, I don't know where really I side because I haven't been in any of those locker rooms, but he's a, he's but a lot to handle. there. There's right. smoke. You know. uh, Odell, free agent, coming off that torn ACL in the Super Bowl. Will he even play at all in 2022? He – very unlikely to be ready in week one for any team. Does that make it more likely he comes back to the Rams? I think it does. Um, I think so, too. Von Miller. But I don't know where Robert Woods stands, either. Like, I thought he might be a cap casualty, Robert Woods. Yes, and, and that's possible. do that, you know? And, and one of my takes into this this thing about the Rams was, man, Woods and Cup and Odell, and they just spent a second-round pick on a wide receiver last year in Van Jefferson, and, and wide receiver might be a sneaky need for this team yeah. this year. Can he count on Tutu Atwell? And I think we all expected more out of Van Jefferson. There's a possibility you go into week one with Cooper Cup as your number one, Van Jefferson's your number two, and Tutu Atwell's your number three. I mean, uh, there's going to be more guys guarding Cup in that case than there is guys usually blocking Aaron Donald on any given play, right? Because (laughs) are you afraid? Van Jefferson's good. Are you afraid of him? No way. You're going to put um, bracket as hard as you can on, um, on Cooper Cup in that situation. So maybe you're able to bring Odell Beckham back on a show-me-one-year deal just so he can hit free agency next year healthy. So that's a possibility there, and that might really allow Beckham to come back. And and Woods, yeah, cap casualty situation with him. Uh, Also injured, Darius Williams, a starting corner, is an unrestricted free agent. Vaughn Miller, how much money do edge players, even at the age of 33, command on the open market? 
So um, this is really tough for for the Rams, and that's just some of the biggest names. They've got, you know, Joe Noteboom, um, probably their left tackle in, in Whitworth retiring. So, I would imagine he's done. Yeah, yeah, Brian Allen center is a free agent. So there is a lot of work Austin here. Austin Corbett, too. I mean, really three <laughs> oh, starting right, yeah. offensive linemen if you take Whitworth out of the equation. Exactly. So Yeah. Ooh. And here's the thing with the the Rams is they have the fifth least amount of cap space. They're fourteen million over the cap even going into the offseason. So they've got to restructure, cut somebody, do some uh move some things around just to get under the cap to start re signing anybody. And that's on team-friendly deals. And guess what? They don't have a pick in the top 100 in the NFL draft to add cheap, controllable talent there. So now we're starting to see, okay, you go all in and you go stars and scrubs. This is where it starts to get very difficult to fill out the rest of your roster with startable, good quality players. And they were absolutely able to do that last year. Can they continue to do that is the big question with the Rams. 100%. So, folks, if you missed it, rewind a few episodes to when we talked about how the Rams are built, because I think this is going to challenge that system more than ever, because they went so far in with not only trading their first rounder, but, you know, trading seconds and thirds. But they're projected to get a third round pick, most likely for Josh Johnson, John Johnson, going to the, the Browns last year as a cop pick. They're supposed to get a third. And again, these aren't in the top 100. They're at the end of the third for a minority hiring out of their front office. So, so they, as usual, they're going to make a lot of picks, but they're also probably going to let Darius Williams, Brian Allen, Austin Corbett, Sony Michelle, if not more, go so they get the comp picks next year and they can keep this formula going because they're not going to have early picks again. So they want people to get plucked off their roster and signed to big contracts so that they can keep this formula going. But it's going to be tough this year. I mean, I don't know the status of Stafford, Cop, uh, Donald, assuming he returns. Can you re, you know restructure the heck out of their contracts and make this thing work? Probably. Another potential cap cut that I saw for them is Ashawn Robinson, the defensive lineman, which... He's really good. He's a good player. <laughs> you know, like, He's really good against the run. Uh, you know, one of yeah. those underrated guys who does some dirty work that doesn't get a lot of credit. And you start losing those types of players, and that's what I'm talking about. You've got some superstars in some places, but you can't just have Where's my middle class? Right. And we talked yeah. about the Bengals. What about the Rams showing up with a couple of traffic cones on the offensive line and maybe the defensive line? That starts to get really hard to overcome. Absolutely. You know, you've drafted the... Allens and note booms in the mid rounds with this in mind, thinking you could get, you know, three or four years of starting experience out, you know, starting uh, caliber play out of them. They move on to free agency and you keep replenishing that. Well, I mean, I would have to go back to draft history and look at all their mid round picks. Do they have a guard or a center floating around that I don't know particularly (laughs) well that's ready to step up? They might. I was about to bring that up. So let's just go back to last year's draft class, and they didn't have a first-rounder last year either. They famously haven't picked in the first round since Jared Goff, but they had a lot of picks. But I'm trying to look for starting caliber players or really high-end reserves, and I'm not sure. And look, it's hard after a rookie season when when it's a hard roster to break into and start. Exactly, yeah. 2-2 Atwell. Uh, he weighs 157 hey. pounds and and didn't right, and was right. hurt and didn't play much, which is the thing you worry about. He's got a lot of speed, but you better have a lot of speed if you if you're the lightest player in the league. That was their second round pick, 57 overall. Ernest Jones, linebacker out of South Carolina, in the third round. 
Robert Rochelle, corner out of Central Arkansas, player I liked in the fourth round. Is he someone yeah. who can step up for them in the future? Maybe even be maybe a he's the Darius corner. Williams replacement. Yeah. You know, uh, Jacob Harris, the wide receiver slash tight end, big body, super athletic project in the fourth round. Another prospect I liked in that area. What you know, didn't see much from, from him as a rookie. Is he somebody who could, uh, you know, back up either? all those wide receivers we talked about in or or tight end what position does he play i think they they settled on wide receiver for him even though he's got tight end size uh ernest brown the fourth defensive end from northwestern in round five jake funk running back out of maryland round seven like you know and they've got a whole bunch of picks in the same range this year they've got to start hitting on some of those guys because i know you have a lot of picks but you know those those someone uh, has to start. Those point flips have to field. come up heads yeah. more often than not, or or more often than than usual in those areas because you can't just get backups right now. You've got to find some diamonds in the roughs and some future starters with all of those picks. I'm not seeing it from last year's class, and you know you have another shot at a bunch of picks because they do still have starting at pick 103 with that comp pick um, this year. They got a third round comp, a fourth round comp. They've got. A fifth, sixth, a couple sixths, three sixths, a couple sevenths. We'll see what other comp picks maybe they get. So uh, what is that? Eight picks. They've got eight draft picks this year, so they've got the right number. Just, you know, they don't have any picks in the top 100 where most teams draft most of their starters. Yeah, and of those eight picks, my hunch is without studying it in great detail, two of those guys are going to have to play a lot if not start. You know, like one of those guys will have to be Austin Corbett in my starting guard or my starting center, you know, and we'll see how that goes. Do you think it's more wise to say, oh, well, let's just make sure our offensive line is solid. Let's spend what it takes to, to, to keep a starter in Austin Corbett or Brian Allen on the interior of the offensive line because it's not super expensive and let you know the Millers and the Beckhams and some of these other more expensive players walk? Or do you say, no, we'll figure out the offensive line, the interior line. We've got to sign a corner. We've got to spend money on Odell. We've got to spend money on Vaughn Miller. Like, which one of those players is most likely to come back for you? If you're, if you're in charge, knowing how much players are going to cost, like, what's the, who's the first agent you call, Matt? It's a great question, and it's a really good conversation. I mean, for most teams, I would usually say, give me the nuts and bolts Brian Allens of the world, you know, just so I can eliminate needs and not have glaring holes places. But this team is star-driven. And not to avoid your – well, kind of avoid your question because it's a hard one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would bet, you know, that Corbett, Noteboom, Allen, Sebastian Joseph Day, who's not a bad player either, guys like that aren't going to say, yeah, I'll take 80 cents on the dollar because they haven't made a lot of money by NFL standards yet. You know, like this is their one payday. They're going to the Bengals. You know what I mean? Austin Corbett's going to take the big payday from the Bengals as opposed to taking less from the Rams, where I think you can really chat that up with Von Miller and Odell and say, you're, found they, you're Rams now, you know, in, right. in kind of a Patriot manner. Take a little less. Let's run this thing back. Your team leaders, you got a lot of money in the bank. You're going to the Hall of Fame, you know. I don't see there being enough money for Von Miller because even coming on the cheap for a edge player with his resume, that's still expensive. And I just don't know if the Rams can yeah. do that. So that's, but I think Beckham could be the one that comes in cheap. He finally got his ring. Um, he could make more money next year by not, you know, trying to cash in this year instead. So that one makes the most sense. A guy like Darius Williams, and I think. I Les think Snead is. I, I think Les Snead's got a little bit of a, and not in a bad way, but he's like he he's um, 
he's feeling himself a little bit, right? He's he's like, sure, yeah, sure. you know what? I can I'm find good at it. this. Yeah. I can find another Darius Williams. I can find another Austin Corbett. I can find another Brian Allen. So I think those guys do end up walking. We'll see if he's right about it. And, you know, I mean, they've been prone to, before the trade deadline, go get somebody from another team too, you know? Like, right. they'll trade next year's picks and go get some other star, you know? Let another team pay somebody's signing bonus, and then we'll just go yeah. trade for him midseason. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly in the cards for this team, too, especially if they're 6-2 and two or, you know. Two teams, uh, if you listen to our podcast about how they were built, they were built very differently, and their directions are going in very uh, different uh, ways right now for the 2022 offseason in the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. Always fun to talk team building, but we've got a couple of overflow Twitter questions that we've got to get to. Where would past quarterback prospects rank in this year's draft class? Next. When you're reaching for a snack, you want one that is low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein. That's why you should be reaching for a Built Bar. Go get rid of all your snacks and all your secret hiding places, whether it's in the cupboard or at work, in your desk, in your purse, in your car, and replace them with Built Bars, and you will thank me for that later. Brand new strawberry flavor at Built.com right now, along with the Built Puffs. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And yeah, most Built Bars are covered in real 100% chocolate as well. If you're not a chocolate lover, there are some flavors for you, though, like Caramel Almond Delight. And even though it's not covered in 100% real chocolate, it's still 100% delicious. If you're not sure what flavor, get a mixed box. Go to Built.com right now and use our promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Matt, I just want to tie in this Kevin O'Connell thing as new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and this was reported last week before the Super Bowl, but Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that soon-to-be head coach and now official head coach of the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, conveyed a firm belief in Kirk Cousins during the interview process He's high on him. The front office must decide on Cousins' future. That is a $45 million cap hit, but many coaches interviewing for the job liked Cousins, O'Connell included. I think that was probably, I think it was probably part of the process with the Raiders' job, um, probably with yeah. the Miami Dolphins' job, right? Is that the, the organization yeah. likes the guys they brought in and they wanted to hear their can, head coach candidates say, I'm going to go win with this guy that you have and I love this quarterback. And so it looks like Kirk Cousins is going to stick around in Minnesota. I just want to throw that out there. Sounds like the Giants are another example of that. You know, bringing the new coach to fix the errors of the guy that's already here or enhance them. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, did, I hadn't thought of that. But a lot of these new coaching hires, I think, were brought into certainly Jacksonville. You know, save the incumbent quarterback as opposed to get rid of this guy. I'm bringing in my dude. And I think Minnesota is the same. And part of it is this is not a great draft class. So if you're Brian right, Dable, right. you're like, oh, yeah, wink, wink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win with Daniel Jones and see what you got for a year. And then next offseason, you're like, no, we got to draft a quarterback. This He's is a better class to do it. Get him out of here. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's the, the process for some of these guys. Let's go to the Twitter questions really quick on, uh, speaking of draft quarterbacks, how about this one from Nick? Where would you rank Jordan Love in this year's draft class if he was coming out of college right now? Okay, let's look at this two-way. I'm going to take Nick's question at surface value, and then I'm going to switch it up with the Jordan Love that I know right now. I mean, the Jordan Love coming out of school, I was very low on. I don't think you and I were together doing the podcast yet, but I did not have a first-round grade on him. 
I saw him make a lot of the same mistakes over and over. I know he lost a lot around him, kind of like a Sam Howe his last year in college and took a step backwards, but I didn't see him elevate the players around him. I think he's just got average accuracy. So he wasn't for me then, and I think I was lower on him than consensus. But if the next question, you know, that I'm going to add to this tweet is, would you trade Jordan? Would you rather, Matt, would you rather have for the Steelers? You know, we'll always throw the Steelers in here. Jordan Love or Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Pickett, you know, and and certainly Willis. I'll take my chances on the rookie over Love. All those guys. Uh, I, I agree. And he would definitely not be ahead of Willis or Pickett for me in this class. I'd right, probably right, put him in a similar spot as, as where Desmond Ritter is in the second round. And to your point, there, there hasn't been anything to convince me of to be more excited about love in hindsight since the draft to put him any higher than a second round pick and maybe even lower than someone like Desmond Ritter, who I think has a lot of upside too and is a similar prospect in that he's got some arms talent. He's got some athleticism, something to work with. Uh, I'd probably rather take Desmond Ritter in the second round than Jordan Love in the first round for sure and maybe even ahead of him, period. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it probably not probably doesn't stack up too well in this class. Exactly. And that's not a ringing endorsement either. Like I'm trying to think of it through, let's say I'm Atlanta or Detroit or Washington and we're into the early second round neighborhood. I have not drafted a quarterback and Green Bay comes a call in and we, we kept Aaron Rodgers. We'll trade you Jordan Love for your early second round pick when you're on the clock. But Ritter and Howe are on the board and so is Carson Strong. Yeah. I'm not trading for love. No. I'm picking one of them. I'm not know? either. And you get extra yeah. years of uh, control, too, for those quarterbacks in the that second too. And So I wonder, you know, this isn't the question, if the if let's say Rodgers returns, and it's not a stipulation, but they decide, we love Aaron, we need to surround him with draft picks, we're going to trade Jordan Love. I'm thinking they get a third for him. Uh, that sounds about right. I would so I would put Jordan Love ahead of Kellen Mond. Yes, if, if so, or Kyle Trask. We're, we're talking about third round value. I, I guess that feels about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, he's in year three. I'm going to get him in my building and say I'm Atlanta. He's not going to beat out Matt Ryan this year. I hope he starts next year. And then I got to pick up his fifth year option or not? Like he's already old. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah, the the first two years of that rookie value are gone and if he doesn't gone. play for you That's in year three well now you've got to pick up the fifth year option and then there goes that uh, as a first and i don't pick. know if he's good right mm-hmm. yeah i don't think he's as valuable as people might think yep yep you got to try to trade him if you bring back aaron Rodgers, though right just to get something back so. for him and, and just... uh, because if you're the packers and you get a third round pick and that's a receiver or you know that's worth it you know i mean i, I don't think rogers is threatened by love at this point anymore but I would say if you bring back Rodgers, you're going to have to cut, you know, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and you need all the draft picks you can get to replenish that well. Oddly enough, a very similar question from Simboski or Simboski. Don't know how you pronounce it. Hindsight aside, where would Mac Jones have ranked amongst this 2022 quarterback class? So a similar question, but Mac Jones, and he's 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 prefacing it in a way that we can't go hindsight now, Matt. So like hindsight, I would take Mac Jones overall because I've already seen him play good in the NFL. Play okay. Well, yeah. Right? That's Upside still do that with him. Right. So, but as a prospect questions about some potential, but 
the none of the quarterbacks in this class would go up in front of the top four quarterbacks from last year. Would any of them go ahead of Mac Jones? And I think at best it would be a real tough conversation between, okay, do you like Jones better? Do you like Pickett better? Do you like Willis better? But Mac Jones would have at least a 50% chance probably in this class of being the, the top guy. Maybe he would just be flat out the top guy easy. The, the coming out of Bama version, not knowing anything yes. that we've seen, you yes. know, rewind, erase 365 days of your memory. I didn't love him. I mean, I'll be honest. I was worried about limited ceiling, not very toolsy, you know, so I'm not going to forget what I thought of the guy. Mm-hmm. But if I were actually putting grades on quarterbacks as draftable prospects, my Mac Jones grade would be over Pickett, and Pickett's my number two quarterback. Willis, what I know now versus Jones, what I know then is a tough conversation for me. And I probably would take Willis, who I'm quickly becoming infatuated with, to be honest. (laughs) Future (laughs) Steeler Malik Willis. I'm hoping, but uh, they'll probably take some trade up. I mean, and could Willis and Mac Jones be any more different? I mean, that's kind of like your Trey Lance versus Mac Jones conversation for your Niners a year ago. Like, I think Willis, the second he gets drafted, is going to be the second or third best running quarterback in the league, which to me gives him a lot of value from day one as he learns, you know, where Jones has to be on his P's and Q's with timing, anticipation, reading defenses. He has no, you know, Konami code. Part of the Jones conversation last year, too, was who he was compared to because it hurt Jones because the other four quarterbacks, I was just like, well, they're just better prospects. And it yeah, wasn't yeah. so much anti-Jones. It's like, he's just, we shouldn't be talking about Jones at number three because he can't match up talent-wise. Justin Fields right. or Lance. Or, and you know, I think come on. The, the other four quarterbacks that went in the first round last year would be no doubt number number the top two picks in this class. You know, the Jaguars already got their quarterback, so maybe not right, 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 overall. Right. But, People would be calling the Jags to right. trade up for Lance or Fields. And nobody's calling the Jags right now for this number one pick. So that's a huge difference. And I think in the end, Mac Jones would probably end up being the first quarterback in this class. I 100% agree except I'm not ruling out the possibility that we eat those words a month or two from now and people actually are calling the Jags for Malik Willis I, or we're, we're talking about him at two. Yeah. Just because he's an immense talent. And I mean, he's what the, if he runs a 4-4 four, four flat right. and has a 40-inch vertical and interviews unbelievably well? You know, like and we've seen I can see teams past. getting infatuated with what he brings to the tape. Right. We've seen it with in the past. And he's built well, mm-hmm. you know, he's not super tall, oh, yeah, but yeah. he's two hundred and twenty pounds. There's so much to work with and teams will get infatuated and then they'll start talking themselves into things. He's the best quarterback. They're like, Well, okay, well, we've got to get ahead of eleven now because maybe Washington's gonna draft him there. And maybe Washington yeah, was gonna yeah. draft him in the first place, but now a team's gotta move up. So um Frankly, the Lions would be really smart if they quote let it leak. Boy, we love Willis too. Even if you don't, unless they want to be able to move up from thirty-two to draft them, right? But I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I always bring it back to the Steelers. I don't think he gets to twenty for the Steelers. So to get, I mean, from the Steelers to get from twenty to nine, ten, eleven is going to be really pricey. For the Lions, from get from thirty-one to get to nine, ten, or eleven is unbelievably pricey. Let me ask you this. If you had to bet it all, Matt, and you can only take one side or the other, over under on ten and a half, pick ten and a half for the first quarterback under. selected. You think uh, you think at least one quarterback's going top ten this year? Yep, I do. There's a couple landing spots. There's a lot of 
Washington Steelers Saints in the teens up to 20 that could trade up for that guy. I've just been doing this too long. I mean, pick any year. 2028, I'll take the under. 2000. I mean, it just there's going to be one in the top 10. Whether there should be or not is a different question. Daniel Jones went five. Yeah. No, six. I, mean, that's like I think all he went you need six. To know. But yeah, and, and six or whatever. Yeah, right. it's funny because you always hear those leaks. Daniel Jones is one of those where you hear it and you're like, "Oh no, that's not going to happen." It was kind of like that Mac right, Jones right. when I first heard it, it was like, "What number three? Mac Jones is not going to go third. And in the end, he didn't. He ended up going fifteen. But Matt, but still, uh, Daniel Jones is the same thing. Ahead like, of him. Okay, the Giants might like him, but he's not going to go six, is he? And he went right, six. But I mean, like, okay, I'll take Kenny Pickett coming out of pit over. Jones coming out of school, and what, Jones went six. You know what I mean? Where would that line have to be set, Matt, for you to take the over on the first quarterback selected? Mm, I'd have to pull up the draft order, but I'm thinking like seven and a half-ish. So let's see. We've got Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston at three. So Detroit and Houston could be landing spots, two and three. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, but it absolutely could. Then you've got the Jets not taking one at four. You've got the New York Giants at five and seven because they have got those two first-rounders. They got one from right. Chicago last year. But, again, we just talked about... I think about, all those teams would be really willing to trade down, though, too. It's not like, boy, I'm married to Chase Young. So I'm here's the... Guy, which know? team are you most trying to get in front of? If you're not trying to get in front of Houston or Detroit, because you don't believe... You believe that they'd be more willing to trade down than actually take the quarterback there. New York at 5-7, and seven, same story. Atlanta at 8, are you trying to get in front of them? Are you trying to get in front of Carolina at 6? Are you trying to get Carolina is the where I think it starts to get interesting. Okay, so that's so the six seven area is where you would start to think about taking the over and not the under. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, 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 in that neighborhood. That's fair. But you know, we saw it last year with your Niners and Dolphins. This team trades to here and then they trade back, or you know, there's been a lot of deals like the Eagles traded up to two like this time of the year, you know, or your Niners did it last year, you know, where well before the draft, teams are going up saying I'm going to take a quarterback. So I think there's a lot subject to change with the draft order. You know, you're right. Houston and Detroit start leaking that right, that quarterback stuff right now. Yep. Put put extra work into the quarterbacks, and because you you everybody knows you're already looking at the quarterbacks, but just plant that a little extra seed to make sure that no matter what quarterback is a team is looking at, they think you might be taking them that early, so they might have to make yep. that phone call. Send every Lions employee on a private jet to Willis's <laughs> pro day. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, the secretaries, the dudes that clean the toilets, the lunch lady, everybody's there wearing Lions gear. Uh, I love the off season. I love draft season. <laughs> That's why Matt Williamson and myself can do a podcast every day, continuing through the off season as we will. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, checking out, check out Matt doing the. Uh, Locked on Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm doing Locked on 49ers. If you're not a 49ers fan, your team is covered right here on the network, no matter the sport. Q Myers with expert analysis from Lee Sterling doing Locked on Bets every day here on the network for the entire sports betting world. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.